Welcome to Sounds Familiar, a podcast where we discuss two pieces of media that share themes, plot points, or overarching ideas. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram to keep up to date with our upload schedule, news, and discussions. Take your seat, grab your popcorn, and silence your cell phones now. Please enjoy the show. Welcome to Sounds Familiar. My name's Caleb, and uh, before we start our show, we must go over a few uh, provisos, a few quid pro quos. That's the whole quote. That's the, that's the whole quote. It's a genie quote. It's, he says it twice. He says so much, I lose track of what he says. Oh my god. Okay, well, I'm Stephanie, and I never want to see a naked man again. I'm Justin, and I ain't biting no more butts. <laughs> You're both liars. Yeah, we are. <laughs> Welcome to the uh, penultimate episode of our Disney Renaissance series. And uh, Stephanie's given me the nod that I used the word penultimate correctly. She would have quickly informed me if I didn't. Um, You know, uh, I've spent most of my life trying to figure out if penultimate means last or right before the last. I think it means, yeah, it means next to last. I'm I'm pretty sure. I agree. That's why the penultimate peril is the next to last series of unfortunate events books. Ah. Sure. This week we're talking about Aladdin and Mulan, or as my grandfather would say, Mulan. My brother pronounces it Mulan. Yeah, he says Mulan. That's inexcusable. My grandfather pronounced it wrong to annoy me. Yeah, so this week, um, this one, actually at first I wasn't sure how well these two were going to pair together, but but, uh, as we rewatched them, I was actually like, huh, this, this actually works pretty well. Um, so, yeah, both of our characters here, how shall I put it, they use disguise and uh, magic to ascend in society. That is the broadest way I can put it. They start out on a lower social rung and use magic or um, disguise or trickery to ascend to a higher rung. And um, there are these, oh gosh, it's so hot in here, I can't. I can't think. Um, these stories are, I think, trying to say something about social issues or social structure. And maybe not to the extent that um, some of the other installments in the Disney Renaissance do. Like, I don't think this one is specifically trying to give a social justice message as, like, The Hunchback of Notre Dame or Pocahontas. But um, it, <laughs> it's kind of like a, a proto-examination of of class and the concentration of wealth and power uh, you know which is <laughs> that's say, saying a, a lot for uh, for these movies but as we were watching it I was kind of struck a few times by um, kind of similarities in how um, in how are the st- how the structures of power work within these two particular wor- worlds which um, I'm sure we'll talk about some more right and to build on what you were saying about them not really making too much of a point aladdin doesn't end up saying anything about the power struggle or the class structure no, like it's, it starts off like it wants to but that you're that's it, true it and really then doesn't. as soon as aladdin finds the genie it's gone mm-hmm. yeah and then um in the end like mulan doesn't have anything to say about a monarchy or it's just no. people should be less sexist 
is essentially... Yeah, it's the yeah. most on-the-nose, like, basic... Yeah. It's like, boy, yeah. those crazy sexist people putting women to death <laughs> for doing things. Yeah, I don't think Mulan is attacking uh, class as much as it is um, attacking, obviously. It's gender. gender yeah. And um, family and societal traditions mm-hmm. as a whole. Yeah, uh, um... Yeah, that's true. Tradition is a big aspect of Mulan, um, and within it, of course, how gender roles work. Uh, yeah, as I'm sure we will get into further, it was kind of interesting to me how, yeah, both both movies kind of start out like they're really going to tackle it. Um, I would say Mulan does so more, whereas Aladdin is very much like a traditional fairy tale in that the power structure exists and you just have to find your way into it. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> So, but yeah, uh, more on that later. Let's um, let's go ahead and start off our discussion with Aladdin. This came out in 1992. Um, guys, experiences with this film? Uh, watched it all the time. Loved it. Loved it, loved it, loved it as a kid. Uh, yeah, I, that's all I got is I love it. <laughs> <laughs> One of the first Disney movies I remember watching, and I watched it, I got at least once a week when I was really little. <laughs> I did not watch it that much. I watched it every now and then, but that's about the extent of it. It's don't need to. It's the same story you've heard from me every other time we've every other episode this month. Stephanie. Yeah, Caleb's a philistine over here. <laughs> um, yeah, I actually um, I think I might have seen it once when I was a little kid, but I didn't remember it very well. Um, I didn't see it more frequently until, uh, like some other ones that we've talked about on here, I was pretty well into my teens. Um, I always really liked it. Um, it wasn't one of my top, like, top four or five, but it was, it was close. Um, I always was a really big fan of Jasmine, of course. She's my girl. I was super obsessed with her outfit when I was a kid, like... I don't know if you ever go to Disney, they have these little, like, princess outfits for girls, and I wanted Jasmine's outfit so bad, um, which totally makes sense now, um, <laughs> but, uh, but they were super expensive, so I didn't ever get to get one, but, um, but yeah, no, uh, this most recent rewatch I appreciated a lot more. I think maybe one of the reasons it wasn't my favorite previously was that um, it seems a lot more like just a straightforward comedy than a lot more... What am I trying to say? Than a lot of the other entries in the Disney Renaissance. But um, that being said, though, it, it's really fun and the animation is just gorgeous. Um, so, yeah, I really enjoyed it this time around. Uh, something else about these two movies that's uh, interesting is this um, is really, uh, and, I, and I, I could be mistaken, but this is really the uh, big two that stick out to me as far as Disney using these movies as uh, vehicles for well-known comedic actors, uh, Robin Williams and Eddie yeah. Murphy. Hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, other ones have comedic actors, but some of them get a uh, Jason alexander Well, these are like the center of the marketing yes. in the spotlight. Right, yeah. and they definitely no, did right. the best of all of the comedians as the sidekick characters. Yes. yes. Um, they... Can verge on overtaking the uh, the the screen or the the narrative, but I don't think it ever quite gets there because you know because the rest of it is pretty strong too. Um, yeah. So all right, who's doing our uh, who's going through our plot for a Justin's keeping tabs on it. Okay. Um, we start the movie with this framing device 
of the the traveling salesman slash storyteller who never comes back. who is never seen again. There's that big online theory that that's genie in disguise. Right. I mean, I'm pretty sure it. it's Robin Williams' voice. It, it is. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Um, I could see it being a, a genie. Bringing that back around at the end would have been nice. Yeah. Well, because a lot of a lot of in animated Disney movies do the framing device thing. Like for older Disney movies, they would a lot of like, times do the book opening and then right. closing at the end. And having this, it. If this is your first time seeing the movie, it feels natural. There doesn't feel anything wrong about it. But if you've seen the movie before, you watch it and you realize, hey, that guy's not in the entire rest of the movie. Yeah, it is a little strange for that reason. I think they wanted to do the framing device because a lot of the Disney movies have it, especially the ones that are based off like uh, folklore or fairy tales. Right, and this one is trying to play up off of, uh, you know, A Thousand and One Tales um, yeah, it, it, the yeah the Arabian Nights. I mean, that's the name of the song. Um, I don't know if they were gonna if they were gonna do Arabian Nights, they should have just had it be like narrated by Scheherazade. Like, why not just go, go for it? <laughs> <laughs> um, too sexy, maybe. Um, she's narrating the story to her husband so he doesn't cut off her head the next morning. That's. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, see, Justin, I, I, I didn't know that. That's that's the framing device of all a... the Arabian Nights is that it's Scheherazade was married to the king and he had a habit of marrying uh, a wife, presumably sleeping with her and then cutting off her head the next morning so he could marry another one. And so to make sure she didn't get killed, she would tell him a story that would keep on going and he would want to hear it every every night. And, of course, eventually he falls in love with her, which is great because that means he doesn't murder her. That's very... Good night, Wesley. Sleep well. I'll most likely kill you in the morning. <laughs> I, uh, I I knew that general idea of that story, not because I know the story, but because there is a Looney Tunes movie <laughs> that uses that framing, that exact same framing device. Yes. That sounds familiar. Yes. I don't know if I've heard of it. There's a whole level with that uh, that one in one of the games. <laughs> Love it. I don't, mm. yeah. But anyways, instead of Scheherazade, we have this random merchant who never comes back. So, yeah. Um, anyways, that I did notice that it introduces the theme super early on because he takes out the lamp and says uh, it is more than what it seems. Looks like just an ordinary lamp, but look a little closer. It actually has Jafar trapped inside it. <laughs> Presumably, uh, based on the timeline of this movie, if he has the magical lamp, I'm assuming it's not before What's-His-Face, the thief, steals it. No, it he doesn't steal the lamp. He steals the skin. Anyway, not important. <laughs> I'm assuming it is after the story because um, at the beginning of the story, the lamp is within the Cave of Wonders. Could have just been a lamp. No, it's the magic. No, lamp. Jafar was kicked into the banished to the Cave of Wonders for he ten thousand years. He was just kicked off into the, into the wilderness. No, Genie specifically sent him into the Cave of Wonders for ten thousand years. Then I guess it was just the lamp. But then why did they make it look exactly the same as the magic lamp? It's a pretty simple lamp. I don't know. No, but that is an iconic design of the lamp. There's no reason for them to make it look exactly like that if it wasn't the same lamp. Let's just say it's magic. Stephanie, most Americans <clears throat> wonder why it's called a lamp. Okay, I don't. <laughs> keeping the des- keeping it down to one design is probably God. the best idea. Whatever. Who knows? Not important. Anyways, yeah, because he is like, um, you know, look closer. This is not an ordinary thing, but a magic thing. Um, yeah, so, and, and that is a big thing in both of our stories this evening, is that 
uh, things, or dare we say, people are more than they appear, and you can't judge them by their outside. You just wrinkled my brain. Wow. <laughs> Oh my god. Anyways, let's let's So what happens on. first? Is this Jafar and the thief? Yeah, yes. this is um the the their first attempt at opening the Cave of Wonders. Yeah. Jafar has one half of a magical artifact, the thief caught the other, it leads him to the Cave of Wonders, and the Cave of Wonders eats the thief. End of story. No, he Good was night. not worthy. Good night, everybody. Uh-huh. This is your classic Indiana Jones, um, the Holy Grail, uh whatever. You know, it, if <laughs> if you're not worthy then you just die like it's <laughs> it's not just you don't get it well it is if it's like the sort of king arthur but in some of these cases like with the uh the uh, magical place um if you try to enter you try to partake of it and you're not worthy then you just face your imminent doom um so jafar has to find the one who is worthy the diamond in the rough. The diamond in the rough. Thank you, Justin. Which one super vague description? Uh, like, yeah, are, are most people know? not diamonds in the rough? Is Aladdin the only person on earth who That's, is? Yeah, <laughs> it's it doesn't seem that hard to believe that in a society like this, that clearly has no problem outcasting people, like just based on their socioeconomic status, that there could be any number of people who are just great, but like just don't look like it i mean aladdin's not even that rough i mean he's like a cute dude he's like i don't know he's nice he just doesn't have money but yeah in the street rat <laughs> song there's like literally women yeah flirting like thirsting over him like he's clearly doesn't look that bad from the outside this so this isn't the same situation as like we had that similar you know it's what's inside not what's outside that counts thing with beauty and the beast and hunchback of notre dame but the big difference here is that you know that was a beast and a seriously deformed person like clearly they look different outside than they are inside but here it's like I don't, he doesn't look that bad he just would, is poor so. would i be wrong in saying that aladdin has a flat arc he aladdin himself doesn't really have to change it's... he doesn't really have to become more selfless because like we're shown in his introductory song that he's selfless and that he likes Jasmine for who she is. Like, it's not him that has to change, it's society. So, the thing is, that presents us with a problem because society doesn't change. Uh, the well, only it, thing that meaningfully the Sultan changes says... is that the Sultan decides that the princess can marry whoever she wants. Which... <laughs> which was the only thing keeping him and the princess apart. But the thing is, I don't agree that he has a flat arc. I, do, I don't think that he changes as much as I would prefer for a protagonist to change. But he... I don't know. The, the narrative keeps returning to this idea that he needs to... He needs to be honest and he needs to be himself. Like, um... The... Like, telling the truth is a big thing here. And just being a person of integrity in general. Um, and to be fair, I have some issues with, with that um, as, a, as a trait or as a flaw for him that I will discuss later. But the narrative would have us believe that he needs to stop trying to be something that he's not. And he does. Eventually. Okay. Yeah, I think he, she got you there. <laughs> he, he can, like I said, it's not this huge arc. No, it's not really overt. No. I mean, but think of... That's kind of true of a lot of our protagonists, though. Like, 
Pocahontas doesn't have that much of an arc. I mean, she more just hers is kind of what you said is shaping society around her as opposed to changing herself. I mean, they all do change a little bit, but not like discernibly. I mean, we haven't talked about the Little Mermaid yet, but she definitely doesn't have an arc. Uh, (laughs) Like, she has goals that she achieves. She doesn't do nothing, but she doesn't really have an internal arc. Um, Okay. Well, uh, my note is this is presumably, considering at this point in the next scene, we have been introduced to Iago and Abu. This movie has a lot of sidekicks. And boy, do I love it. Not saying it's necessarily a good thing, but boy, do I love it. We've got Iago, Raja, Abu, The Rug, and Genie. Yeah. Five. Yeah. Everybody got their sidekick. That's that's too many. <laughs> <laughs> but they're also lovable. I was gonna no, say they Ab- don't Abu also... gets the boot in my book. What you he get, the, like get out of this he room. doesn't like Abu. <laughs> Are you kidding me? No, I hate the jealous sidekick trope, and that's all he is for most of the movie. <laughs> I'm okay with Abu because he doesn't really speak. I think if he spoke He's he would be Donald more Duck. annoying. But, oh my god. What? No, that's how he talks. God, less horrifying, though. <laughs> He's just like cute little monkey chatter. It's cute. I don't know. I don't have a problem with him. I don't like speaking sidekicks most of the time. Ones that are cute animals and don't really speak can stay as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. Um. Alright, so yeah, this is our whole little opening number. One jump ahead? Yeah. Uh, this movie goes through tropes and stereotypes at a breakneck pace. Specifically, uh, of, any of Middle Eastern, Middle Eastern yeah. or like Western or South Asian, it's all it's packed right in. Just, yep. <laughs> a- any country origin, it doesn't matter. The Americans don't know, so we're just gonna throw all of it together and get that out of the way, I guess, so we don't have to do it later. <laughs> yeah, we've got the bed of nails, the like walking on coals. Um, Sword swallowing, snake charming, or... Yep. No, it's not snake charming. It's like rope charming, yeah. whatever it's called. Uh, yeah, so we just go through these super fast, which is fun. But to th- be fair, they don't really come back later, so we get out of the way. Do you think that's why they said it in a fictional city, so they could really just be like, hey, Yeah, we can do whatever we want. I, <laughs> yeah. mean, I mean, it might have been called that in... I don't know. I don't in remember act, what it was in, in the Arabian Nights. Um... I'm not sure. Don't definitely don't quote me on that. Um, I think there was a very early version of the story was actually set in like China, and they like changed it to this, which is ironic because Mulan was in China. But anyway. I've heard something about that. I don't know the exact yeah. information, but I think you're right. Uh, so I don't really know the extent of that, but yes, it is set in a very fictional city. Um, don't really know what the country is. It's just a, oh. a city state kind of. One jump ahead is a fun song. Jim Cummings is in this movie all over the place, um, just like he is in every Disney Renaissance movie. Plays a good bumbling guard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, and of course, the gist of this song is the guards. They're going to nothing... cut off his hand because he stole bread, because that's yeah. the thing. That's they, what they do. They have nothing to do but chase this one dude around. So you have to guess that crime in the city must be pretty low. All things considered, I think Jaf- I think they even make a comment about that because like what? Jafar's been put in charge of that, so he's kind of he just kills everyone ruthless. who commits yeah. crime. Yeah, he's in charge of crime and policing and stuff. Wow, Jafar is literally a cop. <laughs> mm. So yeah, um, 
And of course, it, it, it's quite obvious that, you know, like, Aladdin's like a good person and pretty much the only reason they're chasing him around is because I the the maintenance of law and order. I don't know. It's not really clear how this kingdom runs. There there never seems to be anyone at the palace except the Sultan, Jasmine, and Jafar. It's not clear what the government is. Just yeah, except for Jafar is in charge of the police, I suppose. Um which is interesting cuz his official title is Royal Advi- uh, Royal advisor. I said, J- Jafar is the only nobleman. He's like the only guy who does anything. Like, think about it. Like, there's no one else. Like, it's just there's the king, there's the princess, and the guy who just runs everything. But he's got oh, wh- snakes to have. So. What was yeah. that line from the Hitchhiker's Guide? Uh, oh God, what was it? The presidency is just a position designed to distract from where uh, from the real power. Makes sense. Mm. <laughs> there you go. I mean, yeah, that's basically. I mean, the soul. The deep state. Yeah. Um, oh my god. Would you call it okay. like Q Aladdin? I I would not. <laughs> uh, what happens after one jump ahead? <laughs> mm, mm. He um he he gets away from them. He has his little reprise, which we talked about. The the reprises where it's like, I'm emotional, and this is what I want from life. Um. And so, of course, he he's sad because no one like him. Um, and he's also sad because they're trying to kill him. That's cool. Um, then, or, or cut off his hand, probably. Maybe not kill yet. But so he looks out at the palace and he's like, Ha ha, I bet no one there has any problems. And then it cuts over to the palace. Hard cut to Jasmine yeah. having problems. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> it's not a Gilligan cut, but I'll take it. There's an, I mean, there is that nice little through line where it's like, he he got like insulted by the one suitor that was going to see the princess, and then we, the, we when we go to the palace, we see her kicking him out, like the suitor that was an asshole, um, with comedically his pants having been bitten by the tiger, and they have hearts on them. Mm-hmm. Of course, what else do um, they have? So Jasmine is tired of all of these random suitors, um, just coming to take her hand because they're marrying the sultan's daughter and she says quote i am not a prize to be won that's much later but yes is it okay it's still early on in the movie i don't know where exactly but it's after prince ali okay anyway not important no it's i guess the timeline isn't important because not super she essentially is i mean like she's she still chooses to be with aladdin but narratively yes of course narratively every love interest is so i mean but 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 it's different because aladdin likes her as a person okay moving on (laughs) (laughs) yeah um so aladdin is like i'm gonna gtfo i don't like it here i (laughs) what i mean she is um she aladdin you oh, said Aladdin. Jasmine. What? Oh my god. <laughs> Jasmine escapes. She leaves the palace and goes to the market and doesn't know how money works. Um, she, yeah, she literally just, I don't understand this at all because she, she like a few seconds later she says, oh, I don't have any money, but like she clearly, so she knows what money is, but yeah, but she doesn't know like that you need money for stuff. I don't know. <laughs> I don't, it's. I mean, they did say earlier. She never that has she's... that Homer Simpson moment of like money can be exchanged for goods and services. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm... they did say earlier she'd never been outside the palace. So, mm. what yeah, I'm that? I'm wondering if like she knew it as a concept, but is so used to just like being able to walk anywhere in the yeah, palace and that... just grab whatever she wants. That so. has to be what it is. 
It's my only hand wavy thing I can think to explain it. Yeah, so she she gives this kid some food, which Aladdin also did earlier. Parallels. Woo. Um, but then of course, you know, she the guy's like, Oh, are are you gonna pay for that? And she's like, What? Pay for that? And like and so uh uh but fortunately Aladdin comes up and uh somehow I don't know how this works, but but they, they get the guy to believe that she's just crazy. Uh she thinks the monkey is the sultan. And then, so they somehow get away, no, I'm sorry, they almost get away with it, because Abu had to, of course, <laughs> Abu is being Abu a Abu had to ruin <laughs> it? Shit, yeah. <laughs> huh. I didn't want to give it to Caleb, it's, but... <laughs> it's almost like Abu has a pattern of ruining situations and getting Aladdin into trouble. <laughs> Caleb is huh. anti-Abu. Huh. <laughs> but so, he's so cute. <laughs> he has a little fez, Caleb. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I was not impressed. Oh my god. Okay, but well, so they they run away. Um, they they manage to escape temporarily. They go to Aladdin's little, I guess. His they go house. back to Aladdin's place. Yeah, <laughs> for a little, whatever apple or whatever it was that they took. <laughs> um, and um, yeah, Sound this like- is a nice little. They have a very brief conversation. Um. Sorry, Caleb, you were going to say something? Oh, no, never mind. He was not going to say something. Um, and, of course, they're like... They're, they're both like, oh, they just feel trapped, you know, by their situations. And, of course, they look at each other like, oh, you too. It's just a little funny because it's like, you know, one of them starving on the street and the other one's like, I want to go outside sometimes <laughs> which, <laughs> which is also fair it's just the way it's compared is a little funny <laughs> um and I'm saying for most people jasmine's plea is uh more relatable in 2020 okay that's totally fair yeah um and of course yeah at this point he doesn't know that she's the princess and jafar figures out where she is is this before before after he figures out he needs aladdin this is after Okay, yeah. so oh, Jafar my. requests to borrow a... This is such a small thing, but it's so weird. It's incredibly easy to miss. Jafar requests to borrow the Sultan's ring, which is magical, and allows Jafar to divine the location of any person based on the vaguest details. This is never explained. It just is. <laughs> he just has to ask permission to use the ring for some reason, and then the Sultan gives it to him. So, like, why even make it a point to say that, like, it's the Sultan's ring? Why not just give Jafar the ability to do magic? He already can. He can brainwash the Sultan. Yeah. I, just it's make, pointless. Make the snake stick be able to do everything. Like, yes. I think they just had to have a way of demonstrating that the snake can can mind control people and that was a way to do it i i agree i think occam's razor would have been a little better here than to do this random thing with the ring that isn't really a thing at all like um but i think it was just a way of showcasing the snake staff um but yeah so he he apparently just tells the magic thing like show me the diamond in the rough and it's just like oh this guy yeah like, I don't... yeah the magic ring knows <laughs> and, it shows aladdin. and okay also it shows aladdin but he has no idea who this guy is he has no idea where to find him like there, need he even be in agrabah like couldn't he be anywhere in the world i guess the the, the rules say he has to be in agrabah I, I don't know anyways so he sends guards to go get jasmine and aladdin at the same time okay 
brings Jasmine back to the palace, sends Aladdin to the dungeon, kills the prince or tells the princess that he killed Aladdin. He right. was executed. And then Jafar disguises himself and meets Aladdin in the dungeon. And uh, did I skip something? No, no, no. Just one little side note about his old man disguise. Uh, that model is used in Hunchback of Notre Dame as that old guy who keeps getting out of traps and then falling back in. Oh, that just looks like one. an old guy. Um, it doesn't look like a terrifying old guy it, like the one that Jafar is. It's the same model. Uh, I, I was going to bring it up in that episode, but thought I'd save it for this one. I read it on the wiki. They changed the face slightly, but the uh, okay. model is exactly I was the gonna same. Say. Same old man. So that was really a Jafar this whole time. <laughs> um, <laughs> I knew it. Yeah, totally. Um, right, so he appears to Aladdin... Aladdin has no idea who he is, just thinks he's a weird old man, um, gets him out of the uh, out of the dungeon, and of course takes him to the place in the desert to try to get him to go in the cave. And of course Aladdin's just going with it because he he's like, oh, sure, yeah, I could definitely. Sure, man, beats being, beats being in a dungeon. Yeah, exactly. Um, and the cave tells him to not touch anything but the lamp. Right, this is a big, I guess that, once again, it's some Indiana Jones bullshit where it's like, you're not worthy if you, you know, pass all these other treasures, or if you can't pass all these other treasures. I, that's the weird thing about it. It's like, if you're, if it's supposed to be a purity of heart thing, if you're going for the lamp, you're still trying to get something. Like, you're still presumably trying to get some kind of treasure, or just, like, get what you want from the lamp. So how does it prove anything to be able to forego other material things for this particular material thing? <laughs> You know, <laughs> not important. I just thought it, that was kind of funny. It's like, um, don't don't stop to grab this kind of money. You need to wait to get this other kind of money when you get the lamp. Like, well, I'm just saying, if you come into my house and you say you're getting a soda and you leave with my TV, I'm gonna be pissed. <laughs> That's a good point. Justin. No, this is more like coming to your house saying you're getting a TV and then stopping to grab a soda and that being a big problem. I mean, if anything, the lamp is comparable to the TV and the other treasures are soda. Whatever. <laughs> anyway, we meet carpet on the way. Yes. Uh, Aladdin grabs the lamp and Abu uh, causes problems. Yep, Go Abu figure. Once again. Yeah. Um, and Justin, you have anything to say about video games? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I usually say this. Was, this a, was this a level? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, there's a hole and it sucks. You're being chased. Oh, gosh. Uh, this is a kind of a stressful a stressful sequence. Yeah, you're being chased as stuff's falling and, like, the level's closing in on you and you have to escape and stuff's coming at you and you're flying on the carpet. Uh, by the way, I'll just get it out of the way now. Uh, the tie-in game for this uh, came out in 92 uh, on the Sega Genesis and Super Nintendo and I believe maybe... Uh, handheld or two, uh, and it is dope. Play it. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Didn't they just re-release it along with uh, Lion King? Lion King. I mean, they did do the reboots of both of those movies quite recently, so that would make sense. Yeah, they re they redid the the original games, not redid, remastered. Oh, anyway, there's a third game in there too, but I probably. Guess. Moving on, we uh, okay. They're about to escape. Uh, Jafar. Grabs his hand. He's like, I don't know. He got knocked off carpet or something. Yeah, um, he did. And Aladdin gives him the lamp. Uh, then Abu, I don't know, attacks Jafar and Aladdin and Abu. And secretly, the lamp mm. fall down to the bottom of the pit, which is no longer filled with lava, conveniently. Yeah, it just went away. Um, 
yeah, so the sand closes over their heads. Jafar is like, no, I don't have the lamp. And Aladdin's like, no, I'm trapped underground forever. Um, <laughs> so no one, no one thinks they're going to get what they want right here. Um, so Aladdin's like, oh, man, I'm stuck down here. Let me just rub on this lamp real quick. Just a uh, side note when they're having that dramatic moment before they fall. Uh, Jafar yelling, Throw me the lamp! It's like burnt into my brain. <laughs> that in particular? <laughs> yes, I don't know why. It's just that line delivery. He is must have delivered in a really specific way. Burnt into my brain. I Moving can't even on. remember how he said it, but that makes sense. Um, yeah, so so they're under here now. He rubs the lamp. And oh boy! <laughs> and Robin Williams up here is looking very blue. <laughs> it's expected the way we phrase things all the time but you saying robin williams up here just made me think of that family guy bit where there's just thousands of robin williams outside their house (laughs) they're all going (laughs) 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 that was a surprisingly good uh it actually looked like robin williams like yeah (laughs) some Uh, of the family guy cartoons are not that great but that one really looked like him um and this is where I stop being able to be objective about this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of funny. I actually wrote down the genie appears kind of surprisingly far into the movie. Like, a lot of stuff has happened before we get to this point. But this is the turning point for Aladdin as our ensuing song spells out. Um, this is where he he kind of starts to have a little bit more agency instead of just getting thrown around by the plot. Like... Once the lamp falls into his hands, he can actually start changing things. Like, he can actually start doing things for himself. Even though half of it is just the genie doing stuff for him just because he wants to. Like, But, um, but yeah, so musical number. Justin, do you have anything specific you wanted to say? Uh, I mean, it, it's Robin Williams. All of the quick... Uh, caricatures he does like he his Jack Nicholson and here his uh is it Peter not Peter Laurie oh I don't God. get half of these like and I don't he, know who half these people are I, and his whole another thing that's burning to my head is when he's giving Aladdin the rules of the lamp and he's like and you can't bring people back from the dead <laughs> uh the whole he's it's Robin fucking fantastic just <laughs> uh, the the mile a minute like dialogue that he is giving here is just insane like i i try to follow it every time and i'm just like what, what? Like, <laughs> the cocaine never truly left his system no, they really just they put a microphone in front of him gave him an outline of what to yeah. say and said go nuts like, yeah exactly and exactly. it's wonderful um i i think this scene is probably where he is his most zany Yes. Uh, they like got it way out of the way. Yeah. Because then there is a story to happen right. after this. But this is a solid like five to ten minutes of just full on Robin Williams. Yeah. <laughs> and it's good to kind of like get all that like on the table. He does still kind of do that later on in the story, but but I think like I know I said earlier, like the <laughs> the comic actor characters can sometimes overtake the story a little bit, but I I will even walk that back a little bit. I don't think that really happens. I think they just have such big presences, but they, I think they still work pretty well within the plot. It helps that Genie himself also has, like, a storyline, like, has right. wants yes. and needs. That is very true. As opposed to 
you know, just being there to be funny. Yeah, just being a sidekick. As a matter of fact, one of the most dramatic parts in the movie is where it's, like, Aladdin being the good guy that he is promises the third wish will be to free Genie, and then later on in the movie that's looks like it might not happen because that wish might Mm -hmm. need to be used to save the day, and that's Mm -hmm. one of the more emotionally impactful Mm -hmm. moments. And it comes from a sidekick, which is nice. That is true. I do really like that through line. Okay. So Aladdin tricks him into getting them out of the cave, and we fly to a random oasis somewhere. Does he trick him? He just kind of, like, gets him to do it. (laughs) I don't know. I'm going to consider it a trick because he got the genie to do something without wishing for it when the genie specifically said, like... He had it in his... I, I don't know. There was legalese involved. This, this I, kind of... This is the one thing that kind of annoys me a little bit is, like, it kind of lowers the stakes for the, the wishes if the genie can either wish stuff for him, as he does when he saves him from drowning, or just do stuff because he wants to prove himself, which is what he does right here when he gets them out. Um, so it's just kind of like... I guess he needs the lamp. I guess he needs the wishes. But the genie can also just do things, and it's never really clear like what he can and can't do. It's can't probably bring like people back from the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, Justin knows what well, he but, can. Yeah, and can't but do. he can't bring people back from the dead as a result of a wish. But he does yeah. stuff here that's not the result of a wish. So it's like, what are the what are the rules here? You know? Phenomenal cosmic power. <laughs> See, he. he can't do stuff without wishes. He was under the impression that this was a wish, and then Aladdin proved to him that no, it wasn't technically see, a wish. Even that is not. It, that means he. That means just, it's up to the genie's right. best judgment. It's not magically binding. Right. Exactly. It's not like a magic thing that happens. It's just the genie has to decide. But if the genie has to decide, then why can't he? Whatever. <laughs> anyway. I think we need to take it up with the lamp. Lamp. What do you got to say? Yeah. Exactly. Well said. That's all. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Lamp. Um, we're in the Oasis. Aladdin uh, realizes he needs to be a prince to be with Jasmine because the genie can't wish anyone to fall in love with anyone, and it wouldn't matter anyway because Jasmine already likes Aladdin. Yeah, he doesn't need to get her to like him. He needs to get himself to be the kind of person that she's allowed to like. Right. So we get another great little Robin Williams sequence here um, with him figuring out everything he needs to give Aladdin to make him a prince. Um Except for like a country of origin, which is never right. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about my nitpicking with yeah. how the wishes work later on. Yes. Um, and then we're off to Agrabah for another musical number. Mm-hmm. Prince Ali, fabulous he Ali Ababwa, uh, is strong a, as ten regular men. Definitely. Yes. <laughs> definitely. Genuflect. Yeah. Show some respect. Down on one. I think that was the only the only time I have ever heard the word genuflect used. I. I know it's a word, but I never really, I never really hear anyone use it. Um, can we talk about how uh, flesh tone genie is terrifying? <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, he is. Beige genie. <laughs> I know it's terrible, <laughs> and he still looks like genie. He just has legs now, which is how he even has legs sometimes as blue genie how far can he get from the lamp if he's bound to the lamp but he's not always physically connected to it how does this work he has bracelets I guess, I <laughs> and 75 golden camels uh, and um yeah purple peacocks he's got 53 and uh we, just lots of animals here fun little sequence blah 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 going up to the palace um jafar is unhappy because jafar 
I don't know if this has happened at this point. Oh, it, it has. has. It we, has. We hadn't quite addressed uh, this yet. Jafar has determined that uh, the best way for him, or the easiest way for him to become sultan is to marry the princess. Mm-hmm. And he comes up with some law saying that if a suitor cannot be found for the princess, uh, then she must marry the vizier. Yeah, uh, Jafar's want as a villain, his big goal as a villain is never really clear except that he just wants to be powerful. Which is not that not that uncommon a goal for Disney villains. It's just kind of it's particularly nebulous here because it, he he doesn't even really seem like he wants to marry Jasmine until later. He doesn't really seem to enjoy bossing people around, except for I guess the Sultan sometimes. But even then, it's kind of just like all his goal is just I want to be the powerful guy. Yeah, I think that's just by nature of we don't really see the uh, the ruling class interact with anyone yeah, else Yeah, hardly at all. <laughs> ever. It's, the lines could not be uh, thicker here. Right. So Aladdin shows up in an attempt to woo Princess Jasmine. She's not happy because he seems like just any other random suitor showing up to claim this her hand in marriage. This is where she says the prize to be one thing because him, Jafar, and the Sultan are all We're arguing all discussing about, about like, what is to yes. be her. Yeah. Um, Aladdin leaves or goes off to woo her. I don't remember. Um, Jafar... And Iago go off to plot. And I made a note that why does it matter that the fact that Iago can talk is a secret? That's true. Because Iago is just constantly, ha- he's like waiting until anyone else leaves the room or they turn a corner or something to talk. Like, why Why is it a secret? I do like the scene where the Sultan stuffs his mouth with crackers and he gets real mad afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, while we're talking about Iago... He doesn't do much, like, too, too much plot-wise, but uh, Gilbert Gottfried. Yeah, <laughs> he it. is at his Gilbert Gottfriediest. I can't be mad at anything oh in this God. movie. Even as you guys are talking and I'm realizing, like, flaws that I've never really thought about. <laughs> rose, the rosiest of goggles. <laughs> but I'm still like, I don't care. Look at this movie. That's <laughs> Look t- at what no, it gave me. that's totally me. fair. That's totally fair. <laughs> Um, I, my best guess as for the Iago thing is that him talking is a a result of Jafar's magic and no one's supposed to know that Jafar has magic. That's all I got, you know? All right. That's enough hand waving for now. Thank you, you Stephanie. Yeah. Um, okay. Genie gives Aladdin the advice that he needs to be himself. Mm -hmm. Um, and he's trying to act like a prince because he thinks that's what he... The law says that she needs a prince, and he has gotten that confused with that is what she wants. Um, All right, I have a... Mm, is now the time for this this rant, or is later the time for it? I think Save it, it for right. later. Oh, I was going to give you the opposite <laughs> advice. So, dealer's choice. See, Flip a coin. The rant is directly relevant to what you're saying right now, is so why let's I'm go. saying it. Okay, so the problem here is that, remember what I was... <laughs> the... <laughs> Kills adjusting the microphone to turn it to me. Well, okay, remember what I was saying earlier about Aladdin's arc or lack thereof in this movie is that he needs to learn to be honest with other people and honest with himself. Mm-hmm. He needs to learn to be the true be the true version of himself. <laughs> I love it. Mayday, mayday. Um, so, so, the thing about that is... If he were just not being himself because, I don't know, he wanted to seem cooler or something totally, like, 
arbitrary or irrelevant. That would be one thing. But the reason he can't be himself, he has a good reason for that. And that is if he, if he bees himself, then he cannot bees with Jasmine. (laughs) (laughs) So then I, I see that as a point in my favor for the flat arc. Because it's not no, up to I, him. It I, literally doesn't matter. I don't disagree. I don't disagree with what you're saying. What I'm trying to say is I think the movie thinks he has an arc and wants us to think he has an arc, but it it's not a true arc and it it I don't think it works as well as it could work because yeah, like I said, it the movie wants us to judge him a little bit for for being dishonest, for not being himself. But the thing is, if he is he will lose everything. Like, that is... And it gets kind of close to acknowledging that. But the thing is, the most that we could judge him for is lying to Jasmine because, obviously, they need to be truthful with each other. But we can't judge him for lying to any... any we can't judge him for lying to the Sultan or right. to Jafar. Also, like, why doesn't he tell Jasmine the truth? Does he think she'll turn him yeah, in? Yeah, exactly. That's what I said. Like, I... Like, later on, we're skipping forward a little bit, but after A Whole New World, when they have that conversation, and she clearly knows that he is the guy that she met in the marketplace. So I don't understand why he doesn't just then be like, yeah, it is me, but listen, we have to keep it between us so we can be together. She likes him, so she probably would have agreed to it. She already thinks the rule is stupid. She would have probably been like, yeah, you're right. Let's let's keep it hush-hush. We'll get married. No one need ever know about it. Like... So why doesn't he just tell her? And I think that's where the movie is kind of trying to be like, look, this guy has a problem with telling the truth because he's too insecure about himself. But it just, it still doesn't make sense. I I, I don't know. The puzzle pieces don't quite fit together. Right. And I just have an, (laughs) I have a little bit of an issue with the way the story wants us to think that it is a bad thing for him to lie, even though if he didn't lie, he would go back to starving on the streets and like having the police try to cut his hand off for stealing a loaf of bread you know like that's not a preferable option thank you stephanie (laughs) oh were you were you not done no i'm 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 pretty much done with that it's you know i i get what they're trying to do it's just that i think within the situation that the movie is set up it kind of doesn't make that much sense but it's fine all right uh, a whole new world, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, we know they're going way too fast. They'd be dead fast than the speed of sound, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> That's not the kind of nitpicking I'm here for right now. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> I said after the nitpicking uh-huh. monologue. A lot of, <sighs> lot of nitpicking going on. I like this sequence, though. It's really pretty. Nice little falling in love duet. Um, Traveling through set pieces from other Disney Renaissance movies. Oh, yeah. Some mm-hmm. of which wouldn't come out for six years. Whoa, what, what are we thinking of? China. I guess that counts. I mean, I mean we fly over the Imperial Palace, don't we? That's literally the yeah. The no, set. we do. We do. I just the, the, yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't think they knew at the time. No, well, probably not. Did. I don't know. Um, but yes, and um, yeah. It's... Then what happens after a whole new world? Does Aladdin get kidnapped again? Uh, yes. Yeah. Pretty Oy. much right after that as well. After that conversation that he has with Jasmine, where she figures out that it's him. And he lies again and says that he's really just a prince who dresses like a beggar sometimes for reasons. Um, Then right after they have their nice little moment where they kiss, she goes back inside and immediately just... (laughs) They grab him 
And, um, yeah. He is tossed into the sea. Yeah, it was kind of dark here. They were just Oh, uh, yes, drowning. this is where uh, the, the lamp falls down into his hand. Yeah, this is... Uh, this is, is rubbed yeah. ever so slightly. And every time, just when you get in the bath and there's always a rub at the lamp. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and Genie saves Aladdin's life, but takes away one of his wishes. Because um, he can once probably again, assume that if Aladdin were conscious, that, that's not how it works. He's just he either here. My thing is he either should have just saved him just because he wants to, like he did earlier when getting them out from underground, or Aladdin should have been able to wish for it somehow. Because him just wishing it for Aladdin does not work. That well, does technically, not work. he moved Aladdin's mouth. No, that's not. <laughs> no, that is not. I refu- No, that is not how this works. Like I. I do not accept this. <laughs> Stephanie, are you the genie of the lamp? Yes uh, or no? Uh, uh, would I would I tell you if I was? Yes or no, are you the genie of the lamp? The one and only genie of the lamp. Yes, my pseudonym is Robin Williams. Stop playing with the bottle. <laughs> it's called a lamp, Caleb. <laughs> I'm a genie in a lamp, not a genie in a bottle. God. Anyway. No, I'm not... Just dropping so, whatever. There, there were so many references to make jokes from that interaction that it like caused a bottleneck in my brain. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. Justin, you missed it. No. So close to comedy gold here. Moving forward, he is saved. Somehow, yeah. Through hand wavy bullshit, he is saved. Um and um at this point. Yeah, uh, at this point, it, it looks like everything's going great because he takes him back to the palace. Um, I think at this point, everyone still thinks he's a prince. They reveal that Jafar has been mind-tricking the sultan. Looks like things could be wrapped up here, but um, what happens? How does how does Jafar get out of this? Iago steals the lamp because Genie and Aladdin are having a fight. Oh, oh, that's after this. Right, right. Everything looks like it's going great. Um, Aladdin's still not happy, though, because he is still isn't really telling the truth. Um, he doesn't want to set the genie free because he's afraid he's going to need the last wish for something. And the genie's not happy because he's going back on his word. Yeah, like you said, Iago steals the lamp and then they're boned. I don't know. Yes, <laughs> then Jafar has the lamp. Right. And he... He becomes the most powerful sorcerer in the world. Right, this is also a weird part when we're talking about how, like, power is handled in this movie. Is that before or after he wishes to be sultan? It's after. Like, because first okay. he wishes to be sultan, and this is some weird... Now I can talk about my nitpicky yeah. stuff. <laughs> go for it. Okay. The way the genie's wishes work, when someone says, I wish to be this thing, he... It's, it's just a change of clothing. That's all it is. I, 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 he, he gives Aladdin a, a prince outfit, but nothing else. He doesn't, I would assume that if I made a wish from a genie and I wish to be a prince, all of reality would be altered so that I was literally like everyone had else. Had been born a prince. Yes. Yeah. Reality was changed so that I had always been a prince in this universe as opposed to just gussied up clothes. Like even when he makes Jafar the Sultan, he, he gives Jafar the Sultan's clothes and then what? The people have to treat him as the Sultan? 
Yep. Look, man, these movies are only 90 yep. minutes. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, that's the weird thing, and that's what that's what kind of leads me to something I realized about both of these movies. Both of them, and I don't know how intentional this is, like, I think it's somewhere between intentional and not intentional, is that they treat power as a set of clothes. Like, um, the, the way power is maintained and even and bestowed in these movies is entirely concentrated on aesthetics as opposed to any real right. meaning. If, if, if I made a wish to an all-powerful genie that I was made a prince and then someone else, another mortal, was able to prove that I was not a prince, I was never made a prince to begin with. Yeah. I, I was made to look like a prince. So, yeah, when he makes him a prince, what it really means is he makes him look like a prince. And I... I don't know. I guess that was at the genie's discretion. Maybe you could argue that the genie made a mistake, but I would argue that for the purposes of this this universe, the universe that is presented to us in this story, he did make him a prince. Because all that it means to be a prince, all that it means to be the sultan, all that it means to have any kind of power, unless it's magic power, is to just look the part. And that's why Aladdin couldn't have power and why he had to use magic to skirt by the rules. Because, because the rules say, because you don't look like a prince because you don't look like a sultan you don't get to be one but as soon as you do look like one everything changes and so it just goes to show like how hollow the idea of of a powerful person is in this universe unless you have the aid of magic that's what changes the rules and maybe that's why no one can know that jafar has magic because that would upend the power structure um because magic allows you to get something for nothing or at least that's the that's the idea, anyways. It completely changes everything. Um, also, just not so much on themes, just thinking practically here. Why waste a wish on becoming the Sultan? Make yourself the world's most powerful sorcerer yeah, first, just, and I then know, just I take know. it. <laughs> I think, you know, I, I think it was that he has spent a long time being a sorcerer, like... But, but what he's, he's still wanted, second to the right, sultan. what he's always wanted is to be sultan. He's wanted to be first because regardless of all the magic power he has, that doesn't give him the title. Right, the title, the recognized power of the sultan to have people actually be forced to to bow to you. Um, and I think that's what he wants is the the recognition, the acclaim. So what you're saying um, is secretly, Jafar just wants to be loved. Oh man. <laughs> Jafar redemption arc when? You're saying that beneath my rough callous exterior, I just want to be loved. Oh, I'm sad, man. Um But yeah, I think I, I think that is why the sorcerer thing comes comes second. He was like, Well fine, if if you won't recognize me as powerful, I will just force you to. You know, he says, What is he is like, if you won't bow to the Sultan, you will cower before a mm-hmm. sorcerer. Um, so, yeah. And then what, Janie picks up the palace? Without yeah, him wishing like, Janie to pick up the palace? I don't know why that Why happens. pick up the palace? Why put it on a mountain? I don't For, know. To what end? I don't For what purpose? <laughs> he wanted to be above everyone else, I guess, but the palace already was above everyone else, so I don't, I don't know. Uh, can we also talk about the terrifying torture device that he has Jasmine in, the hourglass? Yeah, that was just like, <laughs> he just like, she magically just is in the hourglass there's like there's no windows and no doors and probably no air holes Mm-mm. no just yeah. slowly being suffocated by sand <laughs> horrifying that's a hell of a way to go before that yeah sorry <laughs> yes, wait, wait, sorry. No, a bunch of stuff <laughs> aladdin and company sans genie are uh, no relation to sans undertale are mm-hmm. uh rocking it off <laughs> i hate you <laughs> 
or, or rocket, rocketed off to a mountainside, a different mountainside than the one the palace now resides on. Um, and we get some uh, Buster Keaton bullshit <laughs> for yeah, the first time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> With the, the sitting directly in the path of the window of the rolling tower. Yes. Mm-hmm. Love it. Um, Good visual gag. Yeah, Aladdin... Aladdin and company are totally fine, and they just hop on carpet, so yes. they've just been mildly inconvenienced okay. by yeah, this whole fine. ordeal. They didn't even get frostbite, despite the fact that they were wearing next to no clothes and were in, like, the Himalayas or something. Yeah. Um, so we just waste a little time. Yeah, yeah um, it's fine. They fly back. Jafar has... Uh, uh, Iago is stuffing the Sultan with crackers like he said he would. <laughs> My man is true to his word. Uh, Jasmine, Jasmine is in her same outfit, but sexier because it's, it's red. red now um and, and her hair, her hair is different, is different. <laughs> and, and she's jafar she? <laughs> jafar what she uh, won't, first she says she won't fall in love with him or something and then right then he wishes he wishes oh that no that's true. he wishes, he wishes for, her for her to fall in love with him. him and before the genie can say right. no she pretends to do she, it yeah she was like she was thinking ahead of it there the genie was about to read him the rules but she pretends to have fallen in love with him i think it was because she spotted aladdin yes yeah. she did and he was being i don't know dumb and was gonna get himself caught so she was like your beard is so twisted <laughs> or something <laughs> i don't know Oh, Aladdin tries to steal the lamp, but he's bad at it because he saw Jasmine kiss Jafar. Yeah, of course. And instead of grabbing the lamp and being like, oh, yes, she is doing this so I can grab the lamp. He's like, no, how could she? Oh, she was actually a fucking Jafar the whole time. Totally. Yeah, that totally happened. Then we have a fight, blah, blah, blah. Jafar turns into a giant snake, puts Jasmine into an hourglass. Uh, What? He has lots of puns here, lots of really bad puns. He turns into Cobra Commander. <laughs> Who? <laughs> Sorry, who's that sound you heard was my back snapping. <laughs> <laughs> no, who's Cobra Commander? That's a goofy bad guy from the G.I. Joe cartoon. Oh. Oh, okay. I don't know anything about G.I. Joe. Aladdin um, is able to win the day by once again outsmarting someone. Mm-hmm. Which is, I don't know, I guess that's his thing. Man. Yeah. He's quick and he's tricky. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and he gets Jafar to wish he was a genie, which then puts Jafar, or locks Jafar to a lamp. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so now... Oh, oh, I guess... That was a different lamp. Oh, it's oh my god! There's so many lamps. He he has an empty lamp, and he's like, okay. So does that mean any lamp can become a magic lamp if you just trick someone into being a genie in its proximity, and then whichever lamp you're closest to, whenever you become a genie, is the lamp you get bound you get bonded to. And it just so happened to be that uh, this lamp was all dark and evil looking. <laughs> oh, no, it looks like you get a special lamp that's made specifically for you. Man, I don't know. I, I have no idea how the rules of magic work in this universe. Doesn't matter. Movie's almost over. <sighs> Moving on. Yeah, if you make magic lamps, please give us a call. Yeah. Five, five, five. <laughs> we have someone we want to trap there. Um, the day is saved. Yes. Aladdin frees Genie with his last wish because he didn't have to use his last wish. Yeah, what if he had? Then he would have just not freed Genie and that would have been sad. Um, and then Jeannie gets dressed as oh, if to go to Orlando's yeah. Disney World. <laughs> no, wait, wait. Okay, okay. Did, 
with what we were just talking about, th- this is actually kind of an important moment because um, this is before the Sultan has just arbitrarily decided to rewrite the law. And it, it he has to, th- it looks like he's going to have to choose between being with the Jasmine, like by being a prince or setting the genie right, free. Right, and genie gets ready to wish him to be a prince. Right, and then he, yeah, like the genie is prepared to uphold his end of the bargain, but then Aladdin upholds his and he says, Jeannie, I, I wish for you to be free. Um, and um, and I guess that's what makes the Sultan decide, oh, I am the law. Like, you know, I can do anything, literally. I just Choose not didn't. To. Yeah, I, yeah, okay. But <laughs> I wonder if his next uh, decree as Sultan will be to do something about the rampant poverty going on in his city. But probably not. He was just like, you know what? I'll bump the rules for you just a little bit because you're my daughter and I like you. <laughs> but for everyone else, nah. you know, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so the sultan changes it so the princess can marry whoever she wants, even if he is a wanted felon. <laughs> um, the gods couldn't do the same for Hercules. Oh my god, you're I right. I mean, he was allowed to marry whoever he wants, but at the cost of his godhood. Yeah, yeah Jasmine doesn't have to give up being a princess. Yeah, this, is, this would be as if the sultan was like, all right, you can marry whoever you want. Uh, you can marry a commoner as long as you give up your princesshood, <laughs> princesship. <laughs> yeah, as long as you go and be a beggar along with him. Too. Right. Yeah. Um, but no. That would have been but... such a dark turn. Yeah, that would have been dark. <laughs> yes, both... you can marry Aladdin, but you have to go live with him. Yeah, they're both banished from the palace forever. Um, no, it, um, it's a nice happy ending. We have no idea if anything will change, uh, in the kingdom or if, you know, people will still be forced to starve on the streets. But at least Aladdin's happy. And the genie is free. So there's that. Final thoughts on Aladdin. It's good. I like it. I love it. The animated series was good. The first direct-to-video sequel is not good. The third one is good. Aladdin I think good. you mean the second direct-to-video oh, sequel. Oh, uh, yeah. The third movie. <laughs> I, no, no. I have no idea I'm how kidding. many there are. I don't know. I haven't seen any of them. I maybe should watch them. Possibly. Eh, eh, give them a go. I'll give it a go. Yeah. Give them a go. They're um, fine. But yeah, no, this is pretty good. I'm sure we'll talk a little bit more about it later yes. on when we talk about it. I liked it a lot. Mm-hmm. It's good. We'll catch you after the break. Hi, everyone. Justin here. Thank you so much for checking out our show. You may notice some audio issues during these early episodes as we're recording them in separate locations during quarantine. It is our intention to record in person once it's safe, but for now, we work with what we have. Please follow the recommended guidelines, wear your masks, stay safe, and enjoy the rest of the episode. We are back from the break, here to talk about Mulan. Oh my god. <laughs> I combined both. See, I took both of them, and I brought them together. But by both of them, he means both of the wrong ways in which we hear people pronounce this title. Uh, which would be Mulan and Mulan, which pains me to say out loud. But yes, this is Mulan, 1998. Um, we have to specify that now. Um, Same for Aladdin. Yep. Aladdin, 1992. Uh, yeah, I didn't quite think of that at first, but both of these movies got very recent remakes. Of Stephanie has 
a large amount of notes. Yes, I do. I am going through and starring the ones that I think are more important because a lot of it is just stream of consciousness, like stuff that I notice. So I'm trying to figure out the ones that are like more relevant. I have seven notes. Stephanie has no fewer than two pages. Uh, hey, it is slightly fewer than two. It's like one and three quarters. Justin has no notes because he's a boss. Off the cuff. Off the cuff. <laughs> yeah, it couldn't be me. I suck it off the cuff. Um, yeah, so experiences with this movie, guys? Uh, the first time I saw Mulan. Uh, oh my god, <laughs> y'all are gonna kill me. Uh, uh, was um, with my cousin. I actually didn't see this one in theaters. Uh, I was visiting one of my cousins and she had the VHS. Uh, this came out at a time where um, the Disney Renaissance films weren't on my radar as much um justin only cared about ninja turtles and street sharks i was literally about to say i had discovered x-men ninja turtles and street sharks <laughs> at this point like <laughs> batman the animated series is all i wanted to watch at this point. um but i i really i really liked it i saw it a few times um throughout my life i think i've probably seen it about five times five and a half if you count <laughs> the viewing i got to do for this one uh, and yeah no i i've always enjoyed it always enjoyed it um i think it gets uh into a little bit of silliness that we'll see later on in disney movies like emperor's new groove i've noticed a lot more of that happening in this movie and i'm here for it we did was it this one or tarzan that we noticed a slide towards emperor's new groove i think tarzan but it could be this one i it might have been both honestly i don't quite recall um i still have my ticket from going to see this movie in theaters wow yeah wow um it would have been four right yes i don't remember seeing it in theaters but i know i still have the ticket um <clears throat> and i don't know it's feasible that i could remember it i remember seeing it uh, uh the phantom menace in theaters multiple times um i actually watched this one more than most of the other disney renaissance movies like this one i actually did watch fairly frequently um and that's about that stephanie this was another one i didn't see until i was in middle school slash high school um i like it it it's not one of my favorites um but i i do like it a lot um i think that um mulan as we will talk about later is an interesting kind of character and i really appreciated like I think before I didn't really have a good sense of what kind of character she was, but I think I appreciated her as a character a lot more this time around. Um, and it made me even saltier about the remake and choices that were made with that one. Uh, I mean, let the record show that I, I haven't watched it, so take everything I say about it with a grain of salt. But I've been, like, reading a lot of reviews and, like, from people who have seen it and... Um, a little irritating because I feel like they kind of took away a lot about what made me really appreciate this character this time around. Um, so yeah, but uh, no, I, I really liked it. I like Caleb, I tried to pay a lot more attention this time. Now, <laughs> that was coupled with taking a lot of notes. Um, <laughs> Stephanie made a lot of notes. I was enraptured in this movie. No, I, I um, was, I was paying attention. <clears throat> not to say that Stephanie wasn't paying attention, I'm just saying I was, I was too busy to take notes. Yes. No, it was, it, it's a good movie. Um, there is very little wasted time in this movie, which is oh, something I appreciate. Yes. yes. I, okay, this movie is so consistent. Um, 
Yeah, narratively, the, it's really tight. Narratively, it's very tight. The theming is consistent. Um, the plot moves along. It's. I don't feel like anything feels very tonally out of place. It's. I like this one. Mm. Um, this might end up being my favorite movie of the rewatch. It doesn't really have the tone issues that come into a lot of the other Disney Renaissance movies. It, because it, it never gets, like, too dark. It kind of, like... Even I, I made a note that the even the whole climactic sequence is pretty light compared to a lot of the other ones. Like especially it, Hunchback, like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just a bit. Now, see for me, I I like when it gets a little darker and more intense, like in Hunchback. Um, but I think that if this movie had suddenly gotten very dark and intense, that wouldn't have really fit with the kind of movie that it is. Um, and it's a little odd because it for. Ha- for having a lighter tone, it's also a pretty straightforward, like, war movie. Yeah. <laughs> which is a little odd. Like, like Saving Private Ryan, this is not. Um, but, and yet No, it's it more like in the movie. army now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. A Polly Shore movie that nobody but me has seen. Well, and it's weird because I wouldn't go so far as to call it a straightforward comedy, but it it is more... It's like Aladdin in that it is pretty lighthearted in tone throughout. Um, it's it relies maybe more on comedy more consistently than some of the other ones. It I've been watching a lot of kung fu movies recently, and I'm just not realizing that a lot of the comedy like it does feel very reminiscent of like the the Thirty Six Chambers movies. That's probably intentional, right? They oh, definitely took at least some inspiration. One hundred percent, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, just while we're talking about. Uh, the animation style and the uh, way the action action sequences go. Um, it, there, it, there's a lot that reminded me of uh, Samurai Jack uh, as far as the way the action sequences went. Watch out! Um, and that's obviously a huge, huge, huge uh, compliment. That's a yeah. There are show. good action sequences in this one as well. There should be um, and excellent set pieces. Yes. Um, yeah, the animation is really good, too. I, I particularly made a note of, I like how the smoke is animated. Oh, yes, <laughs> I, don't know. I did notice that There's a lot of smoke in this movie, and it's animated very prettily. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It has yeah. a very particular style to it. Um, taking, I guess, that kind of um, stylistic, uh, the like the highlights on it and like the yeah. shapes of it are, are interesting. Um, but yeah, okay. Uh, let's, we dive right into yeah, it? Yeah, let's go ahead and get okay. into it, guys. Well, right off the bat, this very first scene... We uh, establish Mulan's unorthodox, unorthodox methods and her wits. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. The way she goes about her daily chores, like feeding all the farm animals and stuff by tying the bag to the dumb dog that yeah. looks like Billy from Billy and Mandy for some reason. <laughs> and like puts a bone I, on a stick in front I of him. I think anything that has like Is it the eyes? Sorry's nose and tiny eyes. It's the big like, nose and the tiny eyes. Right. Like that image of Billy is burnt in your head because you hate it so much. Oh That's probably it. You're probably right. Um, so yes, establishing character right off the bat. I wrote down Mulan is a mess, and we love that. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I like that. Yeah, she kind of doesn't know what she's doing, except for like in her little little space here. She does, but like she, <laughs> yeah, she's kind of clumsy. She like doesn't know what she's doing at the matchmaker. Uh, and also, I lied. This is not the opening scene. The opening yeah, scene, yeah, the opening scene is like this what, is a war movie. Why didn't either yeah. of you correct me? I was about to. I, I, I had it know, cocked and ready to go. I was letting you finish. For intensive purposes of our protagonist, it's the opening Yes, scene, the opening yeah. scene is uh, Great Wall. Uh, a guard is murdered and notifies all of China that... What's the villain's name? Shan Yu. Shan Yu is here. 
Yeah. And China knows you're coming. Good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this this is like super... As far as villains go, he's far from my favorite. He's good at being scary, but yeah, like we totally don't ever get to know him. Yeah, he's to- he is a totally forgettable villain. I think the villain. villain is more just supposed to be the invading army as a collective, and he's right. like the figurehead of that. I will say this. Um, this is one of the only uh, Disney villains you get to see like actually kill somebody the camera cuts away but uh, there's a scene later where they're like tell your emperor that we're coming and then as he's running away he's like how many people do you need to give a message and he has that guy kill that that like kill a dude and it cuts away i was like okay disney okay hey disney this is a war movie now i'm trying to think of if we ever actually see a villain in a disney renaissance movie kill someone or directly give the order to kill someone scar scar yeah Mm -hmm. scar um not Ursula, not Gaston, because he he tries to, but that's not the same thing. Um, Scar, yes. Uh, not even Frollo gets a kill. That's true. He's thwarted every single time. Well, no, at the Frollo beginning. Frollo kills yeah, Quasimodo's mother. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we almost forgot Hunchback's that's Hunchback's the bad comparison, yes, though, because that's, because that's like, it's going for it. Hunchback constantly. is like, yeah, obviously, if something dark is going to happen, it's going to go for it. But yeah, that's true. That, that's uh, Clayton fun. kills himself. Does that count? He kills Kerchak. Oh, yeah, Clayton yeah, does true. kill Kerchak. Yeah. Um, but See, I was, I was going for a joke, but you're right. He actually did kill somebody. <laughs> yes. So very few humans killing humans. There's yes. a, sadly a That's, lot of yeah. animal deaths. Mm. Um, but yes, um, so it also takes place on the Great Wall. So as I wrote in my notes, so you know we're in China, <laughs> I guess. Right, otherwise Americans would be like, is this Japan? Oh, my God. Um, um, yeah. Back to Mulan. Mm-hmm. And uh, her father has, is praying. Yeah, okay, that's kind of cute. I love her her weary father. Yeah, he's like he's just casually play, praying, and then like the dog runs through, and the chickens are through, and everything. <laughs> he knows it was because of her. He's like, please help her. <laughs> like, it's great. Because Mulan is going to meet the matchmaker today, because that's a thing. Apparently. Um, it's interesting because we never see anyone get matched. We just know that you have to go to this lady and she, like, evaluates you. Yeah. Um, and yeah, she doesn't ever get to the matchmaking point because she blew it <laughs> before then. Um, even though most of it was not even her fault, most of it was her trying to salvage the situation because of the freaking. We're getting ahead of ourselves. Oh, yes. Yeah. Not that, not too far ahead. Mm. Um, Mulan has to go meet the matchmaker, so she, I don't know. She does her chores around the house, and then, like, that's it, right? Her mom and her grandmother, like, she has to go. She has to, she's practicing memorizing things that I guess good women should know. <laughs> Apparently. Um, There's a speech that's important to being a good wife. You have to know the speech. Right. Um, so I guess we weren't that far ahead of ourselves they head into town (laughs) yeah huh Uh, i was just agreeing with you. yep okay and (laughs) we head into town and uh grandmother is testing out the lucky cricket causes a massive pile up uh probably get some people killed that's where mulan got that from (laughs) trouble yes she sticks the lucky cricket in mulan's oh and the cricket's what ends up uh the cricket is what causes trouble with the matchmaker yeah um so how many sidekicks are in this movie caleb Two. Yeah, Mushu, we got the cricket. Okay, we does got the, the horse hawk, count? The horse. The horse kind of counts. The horse has. Uh, the horse, the horse has personality. Yeah, the horse it counts has personality. As, counts. If carpet counts as a sidekick. Yeah, right, exactly. Uh, but, sure. 
I'm I'm not gonna count the hawk because he's literally just a hawk. Hockey. And uh, hockey. Um. And uh, uh, you guys make um, points about the horse, I but I'm not gonna count. I would argue that the three like comedic guys in the army kind of count as sidekicks. Um. Now those are a little more like characters than just like sidekicks, but yes, I I would say they are. They kind of fill that same narrative function. Yes. Uh. This is where we get, what's the name of the song? No, we get um, Honor to Us All. Yes. Um, and then Mulan meets the matchmaker, and it goes very, very poorly. Um, she gave Lady a mustache. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, the lady gave herself a mustache. Yes, the lady gave herself a mustache. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, she fucks That's a hours. great visual yes, gag. It is. It's so smooth. I know, I you're like, Ooh. yes. Uh, this movie really is um, just. Top notch. Even the performances, I think, um, songs aside, uh, just the regular voice acting in this movie, I think, is more consistently solid than a lot of the movies. I'll have to pay more attention to that next time around. Um, there actually is something important here. Um, in the Honor to Us All scene immediately before and during the matchmaker stuff, Mulan is being told the very specific ways that women can bring honor to their family in mm. this particular culture. Oh, that's a good point, yeah. And she does not... She doesn't necessarily disagree with them. She just doesn't feel like any of that applies to her. Because she doesn't feel like she's good anything at anything at this point. Or like, right? She is not good at any of the stuff that this society is telling her she has to be good at to bring honor to her family. Yeah. And she is trying to find. Uh, she she doesn't realize yet that she needs. She wants to find her own way to do that. There's a really great part in the song, and by great I mean a kind of cringe, but where they're like, uh, that. We we almost serve our emperor something something a man by bearing arms a, a a girl by bearing sons and so it's like we all have our capitalistic function to fulfill, <laughs> <laughs> um and I guess yeah that's what it is it's like um um a woman's purpose is to create more men and a man's purpose is to die for his country so <laughs> everyone's purpose ultimately comes back to die for your nation which. That's fun. <laughs> I don't feel like that ever gets really questioned, but the first part gets questioned. The thing about women does. No, there's not. Mulan obviously blows it at the matchmaker and goes back home. And um, there's a nice scene with her and her father. Um, what is it? Well, they're sitting on the bench underneath the cherry blossom tree. Um, he says some nice stuff about the flower that blooms latest, blooms the best or brightest blooms or something. Blooms in adversity. But the flower that blooms in adversity. Thank you, Stephanie. Mm. Um, and shortly after that, the the Chinese emperor has ordered um, a mobilization of the army, sending out conscription notices, um, requiring one man from each family to join the army. And uh, Mulan's father, being the only man in his family, uh, accepts the conscription, even though he is already injured from previously, or f- from being a war hero. He is a famous, well-known war hero, yeah. um, and can and has to walk with a cane. But it wasn't he is, enough. He is not fit to serve. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he could have objected, especially since he's famous. But his duty and honor would not let him do that. And Mulan disagrees. And yeah, we, everyone totally is... buys into this except Mulan. Even her dad is like, "Yeah, sure. I guess I'm. Even though I'm an old ass man, I should go die for this." Like, okay, but we get a great scene in the dining room and they're sitting at dinner and it's there's just this extended tense silence Mm -hmm. which we've all been there (laughs) yes but i was gonna say how many 
Disney movies are willing to do an extended tense silence. Mm-hmm. Um, and Mulan is pouring tea for everyone, but then she, you know, stands up and says that he can't go. Um, and then this is the only time we see Mulan's father get angry at her and blow up at her and tell her that she needs to know her place. Um, Woof. I, the exact quote, I believe, is, I know my place. It, it's time you learn yours. And Mulan leaves, and I've never seen an animated character regret what they said with a facial expression <laughs> quite like i see it I here it's so well done because time. i think i missed that as soon as he says it and she leaves you can tell that he let the anger get the best yeah maybe he, he thinks oh that. that's the last time yeah. i ever got the last thing i ever got to see yeah. her mm-hmm. and now i'm gonna go die yeah and they, it's it's great it, Mm. Animation in this film is fantastic. Mm. And after the sequence, um, this is when Mulan... Well, first she sees her father pick up his sword and try to swing it around some, and he collapses on the ground. And she decides that she is going to leave in his place. Uh, She is going to pretend to be a man and take her father's armor and sword and go serve in his place. And there... Okay, so there's all sorts of stuff happening here. Um... One, I skipped over, we skipped over the song Reflection, um, totally, which, Stephanie, do you have anything to say about that? I know you, no? It's the I Want song. <laughs> there we are. <laughs> and there's a lot of symbolic stuff happening in this montage of her getting ready. Mulan cuts off her hair that she has been fidgeting with the entire time so far. Um, up to this point in the movie, almost every scene, she has been nervously t- grabbing her hair and fidgeting with it. So her cutting it off is very symbolic. Like, she can't be that person anymore. She can't, she doesn't have that security blanket anymore. She can't be nervous. She has to be confident. Um, also, that's a sharp-ass sword. <laughs> <laughs> Swords yeah, are known for being sharp. Went slice right through it. Um, I know it, it. Everything this movie makes everything look so easy. Like when she just wipes off all her makeup with like, and then it's just all gone, and her face is completely clean. And then she just cuts off all her hair with one little swipe. Um, also, um, so I wrote down um, the father's frailty gives the lie to the binary gendered roles of their society. Uh, because he can't fit into the narrow prescribed role for a man, Mulan has to put aside hers, uh, the prescribed role for a woman. Um, so, in a way, it, you know, her father isn't willingly defying the gender roles here. Obviously, it's Mulan who is choosing to do it. But because he wants to fit that role, but he he literally can't. And, like, Mulan can't fit the role that's been assigned to her. The thing is, her father hasn't quite realized that yet. She has already realized it, you know. And and it's when they kind of find themselves unable to meet these roles, that's when they have to change things around. And, of course, she has to lead by example there because her father, he's too deeply entrenched in this kind of system. He can't accept that he can't be a man, quote-unquote, in the way that um, their society expects. So she has to be a man, once again, quote unquote, as as comes back later. All right, uh, Mulan escapes in the night. Her family finds out, and her grandmother uh, prays to their ancestors uh, to protect Mulan. And the Mushu awakens, and uh, he used to be a protector, but has been demoted. 
and uh, the ancestors order him to go awaken the great stone dragon to protect Mulan. Um, uh, before we get to the great stone dragon, I loved this entire scene with all of the banter with the uh, with the spirits, and then uh, talking about why Mushu was banished. You see the guy holding his oh, own head, yep. and like and it was just a really good quippy yeah, sequence. That was a fun George scene. Takei doing a great great job as always, oh. <laughs> and. <laughs> Mushu kills, he murders the great stone dragon. Yeah, I guess he's never coming back. <laughs> nope. And Mushu... I hope not. That's just a big pile of meat now. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> um, Mushu decides he's going to go protect Mulan and earn his, his rightful place back as a protector of the family. And Cricket tags along. I so like Cricket. cricket. Does, I don't know. Does what cricket, cricket ever get a though. name, or is it? No, they just call him cricket. cricket. Yeah, it's just I cricket. think he has a name. I, mm, I'm gonna look at IMDb. Y'all keep talking. Well, we All will. Right. Um, this movie was like, I can't think of any examples earlier than this, so I might be wrong. But I think this was the first hint that Eddie Murphy was a decent voice actor, because he does a really good job in this. And then DreamWorks was like, "Hey, that's pretty good." So, <laughs> Would you like to be? Yeah, a... Whoa! <laughs> what? He went from being a dragon being a donkey who hooks up with a dragon <laughs> it all came full circle. circle i'm such an idiot i went to imdb to look for the cricket's name then i realized he doesn't talk so he's not gonna have a voice actor <laughs> yeah, I don't know. it's literally just the cricket sound yeah. effect d bradley baker best <laughs> <laughs> have you have you ever frank watched... welker's in this movie have he probably ever... did something <laughs> have you ever watched any behind the scenes stuff with d bradley baker mm. okay so the special features for like the avatar blu-rays have it, he just does all of the sounds for Appa and Momo just off the cuff and it I don't understand how those sounds can come from a ma- from a person it's insane before we get off okay. this tangent I recommend everyone watch the documentary I know that voice uh I second that um <laughs> okay Mulan makes her way to the training camp uh this is where we are also introduced to our uh goofy sidekicks our three stooges as it were and um, Li Shang, uh, who is uh, recently promoted to captain, and recently, as in like the scene right now. <laughs> yes, as in this very moment. Um, and the emperor's advisor is here, and he's a tool. I can't. They don't even have the cricket in the Wikipedia summary. They don't even have. They don't even mention the cricket. Dishonor right. on you. Dishonor on your cow. Oh, <laughs> I love that. I okay, because I think the cricket has a name. I think its name is like Cricky or something like that. He I calls him that. Cricky. It's his nickname. I had. I yeah. I think I saw that somewhere. But I. Don't All right. Know. Wow. This is cricket I'm erasure. So mad. I can't hashtag even... Cricketgate. Uh. <laughs> Mulan. <laughs> Is getting advice on how to be a man from Mushu, who is famously not a man. He is a dragon. Yeah, he doesn't know anything about this. <laughs> so he is lying about this as much as she. Sorry, <laughs> I broke Justin. Okay, look. Yes, his name is Cricky. Like, <laughs> thank you, Stephanie. Yes. I'm glad we could resolve this. You're I understand welcome. the need to resolve. This. Justin, are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm good. Let's. <laughs> <laughs> so um Mulan ends up starting a fight uh, as we get introduced to our side characters and then they have a comedic domino effect knocking over every man and then knocking over all the food and Shang, Li Shang is like I need to prove I'm a good captain or 
I don't know. He has a lot the, to live up to. The advisor, his dad, is a, his dad is a famous general. Yeah. Um, and for uh, some reason, the advisor like really has it out for him. It's not really cl- no, clear. No, it is why. not clear. It, it at seems all. like he's jealous because of the nepotism that got him his position. Because it, he even has that line where he's like, "I worked to get to my position." Like, yeah, I guess that's true. But it's like, was he up for that same job and then just didn't get it? It doesn't <laughs> no, seem like he was up he's for not being part a of general. The military. Yeah. So I don't really understand why he's mad at Shang in particular. It's okay. Weird. So I'll make a man out of you. Good as far as training montages go. I'm a fan. Yeah. Good job, Donny Osmond. <laughs> I know. I still kind of laugh that it's Donny Osmond singing it. The most American sounding guy you could ever get. Um, uh, yeah. So that's actually that's something I guess I should bring up because I praised the voice acting. Um, they did an attempt to get as many uh, correct Asian voice actors yes. yeah. <laughs> uh, as they could, but still Disney went to the well of well-known white voice actors. Shang's speaking voice is an Asian actor. Um, yeah, famous. He, he's in... The only thing I know him from is... Jurassic World? No, I was going to say Law & Order SVU. <laughs> uh, but yes, he's also in Jurassic World. Uh, B.D. Wong. Yes. 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 Um, but then... Um, I get he probably doesn't sing, so they were like, "What if Donnie <laughs> But it's like the uh, the grandmother is um, Rocky from Rocky and Bullwinkle. It's June for Oh, it's June for yeah. <laughs> wow, makes sense. Uh, but but yes, so um, <laughs> yeah, training montage song. I do really like this song. Another um, example. I, I, I like the montage. I should say. I, I, mean, I like the song. Yet another example of Mulan using her unorthodox methods and wits to solve the problem. Yes, because uh, there's kind of a, a little motif throughout this song of uh, Shang has kind of given this challenge. It's not really clear. Like it's not clear. Like in Captain America: The First Avenger, like if you do the <laughs> challenge, like if you win, like it's not clear what you get. It's just the idea of winning, I guess. Um, and so yes. all the guys are trying to get to the top of this pole, but they have to have these weights, and none of them can do it because they keep getting pulled back down. The weights that represent discipline and strength? Something yeah. like that. All yeah, in order? Yeah. <laughs> SVU. <laughs> I can't believe I set you guys up like that. <laughs> Um, and Mulan figures it out because she ties them together right, and then uses, uses their words, the, yes. the strength of them tied together to hold herself to the pole and get up easier. Exactly. And that's another and, good thing about Mulan's character is that she's resourceful and she thinks outside the box, which is something right. no one else can None do. None of the men can. Only Mulan can. Right. Which it sounds like a joke, but that's literally what this movie shows is that none of the men can like think beyond their training in the situation. Right. And I think part of the idea is that Mulan is an outsider anyway, so she already can't afford to think like everyone else does. She has to think one step ahead or she's going to get caught, you know, and, and she is having to navigate this even more so than they are. Like, True, we are shown that most of the men don't really know what they're doing and are kind of shitty at this. So that puts her on an almost even playing field with them, but she's still kind of one step behind them because of, you know, just not being socialized as a man and not really being accustomed to this kind of, to to the way they interact with each other. Yes. So she's having to learn how to be a warrior and act like a man at the same time. Exactly. I mean, that's Um, the whole point of the be a man thing is like, they're not just learning to 
uh, fight like a man or whatever, she's literally having to learn how to be a man. Like, because if she doesn't, she will get killed. Yes. <laughs> so. Um, then we get the, the bath scene with... <laughs> what? Delightful scene. Uh, I was just with both say. of their quotes... Both of the Justin and Stephanie got both of their quotes from this scene. Did we? No. Uh, oh wait, yes, yes, I did. <laughs> Sorry, I was like, okay, you're I right. I see a lad one. No. No, you're I, right. I have a note that I probably wrote down right here. This movie makes a lot of quote drag show and cross dresser jokes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it does. I mean, it makes sense with the uh, the the subject matter, but yes, yes, it does. <laughs> um. Uh, the, what I was going to say is this is where we get the grossest line in the Disney Renaissance, which is where they're talking about uh, people having dirty socks and Mushu's like, it's not that gross. I kind of like that corn chip smell. I was like, oh. <laughs> okay, I didn't get that at all. I don't, I don't know what that means. It's just a gross body smell. <laughs> oh. Like, I don't eat a lot of so, corn chips. So gross. <laughs> It's so gross. Uh, apparently Mushu's down with it. Um, yeah, there's a lot in this scene that kind of skirts. So we'll um, bounce over appropriateness it. Appropriateness. <laughs> the the emperor's advisor has sent a letter. What did he actually send the letter saying that they weren't uh, up to snuff, or did he just tell Li Shang? I think he actually wrote it, and then uh, Cricky and Mushu are. Oh, right, there's that whole thing the where letter. they forge the letter. I yeah. forget about that. So the, I, I love that he's just hopping around on the page and making these perfectly formed with characters. Making it, typewriter yeah. sounds yeah. as he's hopping. And so they forge a letter saying that the uh, this particular company is fit to go see battle because if Mulan doesn't see battle, then <laughs> uh, she can't, Mushu can't help her bring honor to the family. Um, and they're sent off un- unknowing, not knowing that they're actually needed because Li Shang's father and his company were <laughs> massacred. Um, they, they got murdered real good and <laughs> the city was burned down, right? The, the, the village that they were defending. Yeah, uh, so the scene with the Huns before this is the one I was talking about where they kill a guy. But this, it starts with them finding a uh, a doll, and he's like, plus it, something like it'd be rude not to return the doll. And then the next time you hear about it, they burnt the village and murdered everyone. It's like, that is, that's that's evil. (laughs) Pretty dark. So this is where we get a girl worth fighting for. (laughs) (laughs) Yes which is it feels like salt in the wound for poor Mulan over here like it's not only is she already having to pretend to be a dude but and you know see a bunch of of these dudes naked previously and have to hide her boobs and stuff but also now she has to sit there while they all sing about like how great it would be to have a woman who cooks and doesn't speak and and knows her place yeah she's just like uh, how, how about, about a girl who's got a brain who always speaks her mind? <laughs> They're like, nah. nah. <laughs> it is a fun song. Um, there's also the the uh, great moment where the all the girls who are working in like the rice fields are like giggling and like waving at her, and she's like, 
<laughs> yeah. It the, just doesn't awaken anything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the, the queer subtext is always right under it with this movie, but never quite, you know, gets over it. And they're very careful, very careful, like, with Shang and everything. Right. Like, super careful with that. <laughs> Lee Shang is the epitome of, I hope this doesn't awaken anything. Yeah. <laughs> it's, and, yeah, yeah. Well, the, the, it's, very, it's like that episode of Futurama when Leela like goes into disguise and joins the army, and Zap is just openly having to wrestle with his sexuality. <laughs> it, they, I think they they pretty deliberately skirt around it by never really having having any kind of whoa I like this person moments with him until after she's already in girl mode. So. That so then it's kosher, forgive me. Um, but anyways, just the fact of the gender bending. I mean, it's very Twelfth Night where it's like, um, the the uh, the guy that the lady protagonist is into thinks she's a man and never quite realizes that he's into her until conveniently she turns into a woman again, and so it's like, oh okay, suddenly we're all fine with this, but. Yeah. Um. Anyways, so. the song ends with a stark cut back to reality, with the the, the soldiers coming upon the burnt village mid verse. Yeah, this is fun. Uh, I think this is kind of like a the um the imagined glories of war versus the reality moment. Yes. Um. Because all the guys are. I mean, this they haven't seen combat yet. They're just kind of marching to wherever place they're supposed to go. Guys, maybe singing a song wasn't enough training. <laughs> I don't know if we're equipped for this. Hey. Guys, our training only lasted three and a half minutes. Mm. We, the, the soldiers find the doll again. Uh, cool, little girl's dead. It's fun. Mm-hmm. Um, it's okay, it was all off camera. We never saw her. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, not only is the village burned, but they stumble across an entire uh, field of bodies. All right, Shang, Shang's dad is dead. Yes. Uh, Chien Po, I believe, finds his father's helmet. Yep. And... This is the closest we ever get to a real conversation between Mulan and Shang before um, her being revealed as a woman. Like, and I honestly think that there should have been a little bit more of those. Like, especially for her to be so intent on saving him later, I feel like they should have talked a little bit more. But right, because she's tried to criticism. talk to him previously, but he just ignores her and yeah. walks on. Oh, yeah, there's uh, the whole, for what it's worth, I think you're a great captain. He just, like, looks, nods, and walks away. Because stoic yeah. and Because you have to be mysterious. Yeah, because to as be the a dark man, side of the mood. To, you have to <laughs> yeah. be broody. <laughs> exactly. He, he excels at that. Uh, after this, they head through the same pass that Shan Yu and his men headed through on their way to the Imperial Palace. Um, and how are they given away? Something. Oh, Mushu. Mushu gives away their position. And what the the Huns were already conveniently in position, but didn't see them or know where they were. But then, like as soon as they made a sound, there was a wall of arrows come flying over the mountain. Whatever. So the Mushu sets off a lot of explosions, and a stupid number of men on horseback come over the <laughs> hill. Like this is this is far more. We have seen previous. There have been previous scenes with Shan Yu and his men, and this is 
ten times more than we have seen previously. It's fine because literally all of them presumably die except for Sean Yu and his like special his goons. special squad. Yeah, which so it's like, what was even the point? But so this is where we get another example of Mulan using her Arnoth or her unorthodox methods and wits yes. to save the day because uh, uh, Shang orders her to fire a rocket at Sean Yu and instead she realizes that she can take out the entire Hun army with a single shot which hey man yeah s- smoke if you got them and <laughs> I, literally this shoots just smoked it um and the thing is like this is once again one of the issues i have with the with the remake is that it goes super hard into like the whole like she's actually a warrior and she like kicks everyone's asses she and has like special. superpowers and yeah. everything yeah like this whole chosen one narrative thing and i'm like but that wasn't the point the point was that mulan wasn't chosen the point was that she she was the last person anyone would choose she had to put herself in that situation like she didn't have any special powers she like actually wasn't good at being a warrior like that's a whole point of her character like but she gets around it by being smart and thinking differently from everyone around her the point is not that she can kick people's asses or like cut off people's heads the point is that she, you know, has a brain, you know, as she said, like, I don't know. It just bothers me that, like, I get that they were trying to lean into the action thing a little more, which I don't inherently have a problem with. Like, I wouldn't have minded if they were just like, okay, over the course of her training, she got better at fighting with a sword. And so she ends up doing that. But, like, that wasn't the point ever. The point was not that she was like a badass warrior the point was that she you know was just true to herself and yeah, that's how she won yeah it was someone who could use their mind it was resourceful and like and it was creative you know in a way that other people weren't because they were so caught up in thinking inside the box i i just realized something that so shang tells her to fire the rocket at shan yu but that wouldn't stop the rest of the army so she takes out the army by causing an avalanche and then how does she win in the end by firing an even bigger rocket directly at sean Yu. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point that's a chekhov's rocket if you will. yeah does it count if it's not the same rocket <laughs> chekhov's conceptual rocket um the rocket as a metaphor i don't know i'll have to think about that a little more Chekhov's um, conceptual rocket sounds like the most heady porn. <laughs> I'm gonna fire this rocket real quick. Um, fire this rocket right at you, baby. Anyway, um, moving on. Yeah. What so, happens next? Well, she kills most of the guys. She just sprays up. Yeah. Icism, literally. Yeah. Sean Yu and, as we mentioned, his special squad survive. Uh, Sean Yu had managed to okay, slash Mulan across the chest. And then she and the horse fell off a cliff, and the men managed to What's hold on to. Th- I. Uh, this is no. Okay, I don't care. <laughs> five dudes. Physics. Five dudes are not gonna stop a horse mid fall a hundred feet down a cliff. I know. I know. They are going to get pulled over with the horse. Yeah. It's. It's. I don't care if they have a big fat guy. Oh, it's not just the horse. There's also two people on top of the horse. Oh right, Mulan and Shang. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And they get pulled back up to the top. Mulan has been injured, so she gets taken to the medical tent, and then the doctor rats her out. This fucking narc ass doctor. <laughs> he should, I, I'm going to petition for him to lose his medical license. Um, he sucks. 
Yeah, Shang... Talk about doctor-patient confidentiality. <laughs> Shang finds out that she's a woman, but he spares her life, because apparently the, the, the price for a woman impersonating a man is death. Oh, so this is a fun part where we explicitly know now that our sexy love interest, Shang, would have totally killed this defenseless woman if she hadn't happened to save care enough life. about him to save his life a few minutes earlier. Love that for yep. them, I guess. Yep. So she's been exposed. <laughs> <think> about it. <laughs> she's been exposed from the army. Don't worry about it. The army uh, heads on to the Imperial City alone, thinking themselves victors. But since Mulan stayed behind, she uh, found out that Shan Yu and his men and several of his men had survived. So she has to make her way to the Imperial Palace to warn the army and the emperor and the peoples that the Huns are still on their way. At the Imperial City, uh, Mulan has no success attempting to convince any of the uh, passersby or Shang about Shan Yu's survival. Yeah, because now that she's a woman, no one cares what she has to say. Right. Thank you, Stephanie. That is precisely mm-hmm. correct. And the Huns managed to capture the Emperor. No problem. Uh, this is, they pull I, the old hiding is, in the dragon trick. The thing about <laughs> the climax of this movie is I am not a fan of the way that this entire war narrative about an invading army comes down to a few guys might kill this one guy. Like, I don't, I get it. I get that you need the stakes to be personal, but it's, it doesn't quite work for me because it doesn't feel quite true to the rest of the story. The emperor has never been a character that we were supposed to care about it. Mm. He, he is Okay, the emperor is representative of the country of China, which we are supposed to care about. I totally get that. But I feel like there was a different way to handle this that didn't involve just an assassin- assassination plot, essentially, that hasn't been a thing in this in the narrative up till now. It just bothers me a little bit that, like, the entire army is killed, but oh no, if these five guys kill the emperor, all will be lost. And I'm like, will it? Yeah, it's the whole, it's, like, narrative stakes versus emotional stakes. Yeah. So, like, this happens, and, like, yeah, it's a huge deal in the world of the film, but, like, we as viewers... Right. Right. And what? it's just kind of like, is this going to be like, I mean, what happens if they do kill the emperor? The that... future is now, old man. Well, okay. <laughs> no, think about it. Okay, think about it. If they kill the emperor, that doesn't make Sean you emperor because he doesn't have an army backing him. No. He has f- some dudes. That's, that's a all. fair point. Like, yeah, that's think about it. It's not point. as if, it's not as if he had his whole army and I think the army should have survived or they should have done away with the thing about Mulan icing the whole army they should have survived and like surrounded the capital or something like uh, that and like uh, even just a throwaway line of like there are more men on the way right like, exactly like because that. it's like we don't believe that th- that sean Yu and his goons by themselves can take over an entire country even if they do kill the emperor the emperor's probably got like 60 sons or something probably like, got a new groove you know yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> Some new clothes while we're at it. Yeah, <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, anyway. Sean Yu kidnaps the Emperor break. and takes him back into the castle. Uh, with Mulan's help, Yao Ling and Qian Po poses concubines. Yeah, this is supposed to be a fun little, oh, Mulan had to dress as a man, now they have to dress as ladies thing. But that ruse doesn't stay up for very long. No. It is a classic, though. Yeah. Um, they fight Sean Yu's men. Blah, blah, blah. Um, I can't remember a lot of specifics about this. There's a lot that happens very quickly. Um, Shang manages to stop Shang Yu from assassinating the Emperor. Um, and 
Mulan and Shang and the Emperor all escape, and Shan Yu is furious, and he decides to go after Mulan. Because she reveals that she was the soldier who, right. who mm-hmm. destroyed his army. He was going to kill Shang, but then she stopped him by being like, right. it was me. So Shang and the Emperor both managed to make it into this huge crowd, and he realizes he's not going to find them, so he goes after Mulan. Um, she lures him onto the roof, which is where we get... Uh, Mushu ready with a giant rocket strapped to his back, which works, which is fine because Mushu revealed previously that he is indestructible. <laughs> he literally cannot be killed. Senior <laughs> Chang <laughs> cannot be killed. Um, and he, the rocket propels Shan Yu directly into a tower full of other fireworks, which explodes and presumably kills him. Yeah, presumably, yeah. Presumably. Um,. Mulan is met by the Emperor. Um, she is reprimanded at first uh, for bringing shame to the army and her family, but then... Does the old bait and switch. Yes, he thanks her for saving all of China. Because apparently if the Emperor died, the entire country I, would have yep, fell. Yep, once again. Um, I, so he mm-hmm. bows to her, and thus leaving the entire city to, to kneel before her. Um, I wrote down, apparently the emperor is, like, cool with the gender bending, but will the laws change? Mm. Will women still be, will women still be executed for dressing up as men? Will the laws change? Will women get, women get rights? (laughs) Find out next time. (laughs) On the exciting adventures of Mulan. It's so, it's like the, you know, the, it's basically a meme now and kind of annoying, but the whole thing about Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, it's like deviation from the norm will be punished unless it is exploitable. That's what this is with Mulan. It's like, (laughs) like she would have been killed multiple times over if she hadn't happened to provide a function for the state, you know, like it's to keep the machine rolling. Technically, if she joined the army as a woman, she, even if she had not been solely responsible and like been the savior of her entire country, she would have still been providing a function to the state. Yeah. Just what not good enough well, to merit saving your life. It's like when you're a woman and you're going into spaces where women traditionally aren't, like you can't just be good. You have to be better than literally everyone else or you're going to be you're it's still not going to be enough. Like it's not enough to just be good. You you've got to be the best. And that's the thing. It's like, yeah, the emperor is like shaking her hand and being like, "Gee, thanks because she literally saved his life, but if she had done anything short of that, she would that you know she would have still been expendable so it's still kind of depressing you know it's like i I mean you know good for her but it's once again it's like with the aladdin thing it's with a lot of these stories it's about the the disenfranchised protagonist has to has to find their way into the power structure as opposed to anything actually changing right things change with the protagonist but things don't change does not support structural changes (laughs) Well, well, it, in some cases, I think... Unless it's changing right. copyright law. Hey. But uh, yeah, but it is still kind of like, okay, thanks, old man, but like, are, are we going to continue to be like nationalistic and chauvinistic? Before and, you start asking any real questions, uh, the emperor gives Mulan his crest and the sword of Shan Yu. Yeah, <laughs> things. And, and also Stuff. conveniently uh, does not give her the death penalty. Um, uh, the emperor offers her his advisor's job. She declines, uh, goes back to her family and gives the gifts to her father, but her father doesn't care. He throws him aside and gives her a hug because he's just happy she's safe. That is kind of nice. Yes. uh, He's a good character. (laughs) Um, 
and Shang then arrives uh, under the pretext of returning her helmet uh, and then stays for dinner. Obviously, they're, they want to get together, and Mushu is reinstated as a family guardian. And we end with a dance party. Yeah, Mushu did okay. Dance party, not okay. I never support those. Dance parties are never okay. And the thought dance Mushu parties are bad. We was... live in the footloose town. <laughs> I thought Mushu was used well, slash sparingly. Yes, he, he, he was good. He had his own little arc. Yes, he is such a big character uh, in the same vein of Genie, but he feels more out of place than Genie does, just uh, against the backdrop of the rest of the movie. And so it would have been real easy for him to become annoying, Over, yes. and he's I every time he's on screen, I love him. Right, it's because they don't use him as much as Genie yeah. is used, I think. And the the Genie has a more defined role, like right. he provides a very obvious narrative function. With Mushu, it's more just kind of like be her conscience slash like guide or whatever. But mm. he's you know he's kind of eh at that, but he he provides a nice. A, a good function. It's less clear why the cricket is there, but since he's silent, no one really minds. Because he's him so being there. cute. He's, yeah, he's, he's, he's there he's for the Mulu to bounce kid. ideas off of. Yes. when er, for Mushu. I said Mulu. Mulu. That's Mulu. their ship name. <laughs> no. Uh, and that's the episode, everybody. No question. No final thoughts. Oh We're my done. God. <laughs> No, honestly, I would I would sooner ship that than I would Mulan and Shang. I I think that there is a very hot take little. From Stephanie. Um, there is very little there to work with. I literally wrote down. Um, la da 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 da. She has more rapport with her comedic friends than with Shang. Um, like they're always like ride or die for her. Like they're they're always like. And even when it, it looks like Shang might kill her at first, they're like, no, like they're gonna fight. <laughs> and so, like, the, those guys are great. The stooges Sh- are great. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Shang is very white bread. Uh, no offense to him as a not white person. Uh, you, you know what I mean. <laughs> I, I think that they could have used a little more relationship building, but that's just me. Um,. Overall, I think it was pretty good. Yeah, I liked it. And I'm really hot. I liked this one a lot. I hadn't seen it in a while, and like I said previously, I think it might have been my favorite one of the rewatch. It's really good. Uh, yeah, I as I mentioned, I unfortunately uh, not going to get into it on the podcast. I have had quite the week, um, and didn't get a chance <laughs> to. Finish this movie, but uh, I'm definitely like I'm going to. I, I've been loving uh, where I got so far. So um, solid, solid movie, and I I think the reason why I didn't watch this as religiously as I did with some of the earlier movies like Aladdin and Lion King is solely because uh, my interests as a kid had changed, and then that tainted my view of the movie. As I got older, as it does with kids. It's just like, that's not one I liked when I was a kid. That must mean it's bad. (laughs) No, I've gotten to quite appreciate a lot of the ones that I didn't watch much as a kid. In fact, I didn't watch most of the Disney Renaissance movies much as a kid. I got more into them as I got into, like, my teen years. Um, But... But I, I, no, I've really enjoyed going back through them. Um, our, Our next episode will be... A little different. Um, we are going to talk about The Little Mermaid, but we won't be pairing it with something this time around, which obviously is a departure for us because of the nature of our podcast. It's the end of the podcast, guys. Yes. Thanks for sticking around. Uh-huh. Uh, no, it's the end of the month. 
So I think we'll probably talk about The Little Mermaid and then a general wrap-up about yeah. the Disney Renaissance as a whole. We're going to yeah. do some fun stuff. Like, we're going to do some little superlatives and everything like that and talk about our, our just our takeaways from the experience. And uh, also, you can look forward to next month when we are going to be getting a little just in time for halloween uh just forewarning for those of you who are into horror we will not be talking about much horror there might be one episode where me and justin talk uh about a couple of horror movies but caleb famously uh caleb is, likes spooky he doesn't like scary yes he likes tim burtony type stuff um ghostbusters and the like um not uh, not too scary so most of it will be of the more spooky variety which is okay um and then we will we will get a little scary at times with me and justin so uh but yeah any final thoughts guys before we wrap up i said all i got to say nope uh both of these movies are very good uh aladdin holds a very special place in my heart and it was nice getting to uh check in and reconnect with mulan both yeah. very good movies uh, I do have a fun question of the week, though. I'm glad you thought of this one. I, have, I didn't have one. All right, go for uh, it. Fun question of the week is, if you came across a lamp, what would your first wish be? Ooh. Who wants to go first? This one's kind of tough. More wishes, more wishes. Okay, can you wish for more wishes? No, I assume, assume it's the can. exact no, same rules that can. are given in Aladdin. Okay. Hey, but one of the rules isn't you can't wish for more wishes. It's just I can't make anyone fall in love with anyone else. I can't kill anyone, and I can't bring anyone back from the dead. But still, um, I would wish for. No, wait. You can't. You can't wish for something that has guaranteed ironic consequences. <laughs> Can you? Guarantee. <laughs> no wishing for wishes with guaranteed ironic consequences. Mm -hmm. Well, the thing is... Who's going to miss Wars, Stephanie? Uh, uh, Star Wars? Star Storage Wars! Wars. <laughs> well, the thing is, Aladdin's able to get around that because the genie is a character that can actually think and, like, decide what he wants to do. So it's not just, like, the universe deciding what to do. It's the genie understands what you mean. Like, when you wish to be a prince, he's like, let me give you an entire setup, not just giving you a little crown. Um, but I, I would wish for, I'm going to toss out just a giant amount of money. I would wish for $20 billion. Mm -hmm. Um, there you go. <laughs> that would be my first wish because you can do a lot with $20 billion. I would wish for world peace. Good night, everybody. Oh, <laughs> I'm better than you. <laughs> Uh, so I've, I've way overthought this my entire life and what I would do oh. to find the genie, right? Okay. And then the genie would give us a little spiel and be like, okay, hold on, man. So then I would go, okay. and I would go to a computer, and I would write out a document with everything that I want, like all of the superpowers that I want, uh, how much money I want, where I want the money to come from, because I don't want like to create a bunch of new money and crash the economy. It's all going to be siphoned from billionaires. Uh, and I would write this whole like 20 page document and I would give it to the genie and I say I wish for all of this and that is one wish can you do that? <laughs> I would give it to a lawyer first <laughs> what if the genie has a lawyer and you have a lawyer and they sit there debating on, <laughs> and then like... I have the best reality TV show oh <laughs> right I would, I would pay money to watch my lawyer and the genie's lawyer <laughs> and that was just the genie pretending to be like Alan yeah. Dershowitz or something <laughs> he's doing his best lawyer or he's, he's cycling back and forth between famous movie between lawyers famous Lawyers. Yeah, one second. Mockingbird, 
12 Angry Men. Uh, uh, my cousin Vinny. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh my god. Uh, Legally Blonde, maybe a little bit of that. Um, no, but, uh, that's actually a great idea. I just don't know if it would hold up. Well, uh, then catch the that's newest episode <laughs> of Genie Court. My cousin Genie. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're done. That's the best. <laughs> it's not going to get any better than that. Okay, Good night, everybody. <laughs>